2: album review Mm -hmm. and it's of an album that I should have listened to a long fucking time ago but I didn't oh and then I listened to it in my 30s I'm like wow (laughs) I'm late to the game full disclosure I
1: know two songs on this album oh and I didn't listen to the other ones because I'm not really a big fan of this artist really yeah huh I'm not a big uh, Bjork fan. You're not a Bjork fan? Not really. Huh. Like, no, like, before everyone just, like, takes off their jackets and slams it on the floor and <laughs> the up their sleeves and gets Ooh. ready to punch me in the fucking Ooh. cooter. Like, it's fine, guys. I fully, 100% respect everything about Bjork. Excuse me, Bjork. Bjork. Um, <laughs> but... It's just not music that I personally can really get into. I equate Björk, and I'm just going to say it, though. <laughs> Pretend you're the
2: Swedish chef, because that's basically how yeah, you are supposed to yeah, say it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I equate Björk and Radiohead on the same level. Which checks. Um, because both are extremely creative to a point that I don't think that my brain can fully grasp it. Fummy so you say I don't that. I I don't feel deep enough emotions to have those like <laughs> emotional tendrils just grab that music and pull it in. I don't.
2: You're too much of a Capricorn. I am. And I'm just, I'm I'm just enough of a Pisces to be like, yeah, I get all of this music yeah. and it hits me so deeply in the marrow of my bones. Yeah. Emotions.
1: And like and I don't get me wrong, there is plenty of music out there that punches me right in the feels. Mm. Um, but it's just not in the super art house kind of way, right. I feel like Bjork and Radiohead are more art house than I am willing to they they are into. very
2: art house, and both of them, I think, have accessible songs I mean clearly, yeah. like there you know. are Bjork songs that I really like, yeah, we'll talk about some
1: on this album, yeah, I'm and then there's
2: about. um radiohead songs like everybody knows and likes, like the first few albums. And I don't even think creep. Radiohead likes their first few Radiohead albums. Well, I mean, I think that they're good with like OK Computer and
1: Kid yeah, A. Yeah, I think yeah, they yeah. like
2: the albums. It's just the hits off those albums are probably like, really? Yeah. This is what you're going to take as out of As far as I
1: know, they refuse to play Creep ever
2: again. Good for and them. have
1: for like years.
2: Good for them. They probably, they don't need to. Because like Bjork, Creep, I don't think, is an accurate portrayal of Radiohead's music. No, not at all. Just not like, we'll get into it, but songs off of the, well, one song off of this album is super popular and not yes. exemplary of at all of Bjork's music. Not at all. Yeah. Bjork. Bjork. <laughs> welcome to Rock Candy! <laughs> we're talking about Bjork. Talking about Bjork! And we're your hosts, I'm Maggie. I'm Ashley. And welcome to this weekly podcast where we're going to give you sweet treats from the world of music, and we're going to tell you how to properly say Bjork's name. Because we've been saying it wrong this whole time. Yeah. It's not Bjork. It's, it's not Bajork. And it's not really Bjork. It's, it's, it's Bjork. Calm the fuck down when you say it.
1: <laughs> don't be an asshole like us. Yeah, don't be
2: an asshole <laughs> like us. <laughs> it's just Bjork. It's just Bjork. There is an interview you can find on YouTube. we quick and easy. You just like look up how Bjork says her name or whatever. And it's an interview. She says, he asks, oh, well, how should people say your name? And she said, Bjork. And he's like, Bjork. And then he asks, how do Americans say your name? And she says, a jork. <laughs> I'm like, come on, who's fucking this up? I want to know how to pronounce her last name, though, because I look at that and I'm like, brain oh, scrambles. No, I did look that up, and I promptly forgot how to say it's her like, last name. Germonstuder, Guntramunstir- something. Yeah, Germunstir- Germunstir- <laughs> Germunstir- Germunstir- <laughs> Germunstir- <laughs> I don't know. It's the monsters. She's a monster. Oh, she married cute. Eddie Monster. Oh, <laughs> that's. How hurt the uh, uh, end of the episode? There you go, guys. They lived happily ever after. They lived happily ever after. She rewrote their theme song. A lot of people weren't into it, but you know what? I think it really touched a deeper sense of what the monsters really were about. It
1: really tugs the heartstrings. Yeah, when it comes to
2: the monsters. What? <laughs> what are we doing? No. <laughs> Welcome to our fucking show. I mean, if this is your first time tuning in, we're sorry. I'm kind of sorry. But also, just buckle up. This is it, guys. But not only are we talking about Bjork today, we are specifically talking about her second album, Post. Mm-hmm. Doing an album review episode, guys. It's been a minute. Want to do one. that
1: came out in 95? Yes. It seems so
2: long ago. It was. It was 25 it's years 25 ago. Five years ago. Guys, that was 25 years ago. Just picture it. 1995. <laughs> we just invented the CD player. <laughs> That's not true. That had been around no, for been a while. No, it'd been around for a while. <laughs> People were talking about these things called DVDs with the moving pictures on them. Like that was around the time when we were starting to get DVDs, I think, right? The mid-90s? Yeah. Oh, yeah, cuz uh laser disks. Oh, were, that uh, didn't happen.
1: Were not happening.
2: Like Fetch stop trying to make laser disks of some guys.
1: 95 was when everyone had, you know, a VHS DVD player combo. Oh, yeah. The combo. Mm. This was the transition period. But
2: those were fucking expensive. Yeah, they were. (laughs) Speaking of remembering, let's not forget to talk about the beer we're drinking tonight. Oh, yeah, that's right. You don't like it, though. Oh, no. No. I'm disappointed on a lot of levels here. Because, first of all, this is a
1: huge letdown for Maggie. I like it. I've gotten used to it. The initial sip, I was like, well,
2: this tastes like soil. Well, because you expected a sour. It
1: it's
2: sourish, ish, not as much as I would like, though. Yeah. So this is Dewclaws, sour meat. Oh yeah. So they do a sour me series. This is
1: all sours, and we've had like five, of six of them yeah. already, and they've
2: all been great. But this is a little bit of a misstep. I I would not suggest it unless you are adventurous in the palate. Yeah, I was very much expecting
1: like. For some reason, I was expecting Hawaiian Punch because it looks like Hawaiian Punch. It does. Well, it looks like Kool Aid. Well, it sounds like Kool Aid, but it looks like Hawaiian Punch on the label.
2: Yeah, the you're label's right. blue. So huh. you know what? Yeah, they they really went weird with that marketing.
1: Yeah. So I was expect, I probably to confuse people so they don't get sued. Got it. Fair enough. <laughs> Good job, Dukla. But um, I was fully expecting some Hawaiian Punch in it. It wasn't like that. It was no. kind of like gnawing on a beat a little bit. Blech. I, but then I
2: got used to it. I like it. I don't like earthy flavors. Yeah, it's a little earthy. I don't like really earthy mushrooms like oysters or shiitake. I don't like <laughs> <Wait>. beets. <laughs> For a
1: hot second, I was like, oysters are not mushrooms. Oh, oyster mushrooms. Oyster got rush it.
2: uh Oyster mushrooms. <laughs>
1: I thought you were gonna say oyster Seth, and I was like, mayhem. Where
2: do we? How do we get here? All right, guys. Just kidding. We're talking about mayhem. <laughs> It's like hard left turn. Yeah. That would be... Yeah. That's not even like on the same path. Like we would have to take a plane to get over to Mayhem.
1: Man. If Euronymous was still alive and he... Collaborated with Bjork on oh something. Can God. you imagine
2: that? That would have been the greatest. But also like him just like hanging out with her in like her swan outfit. <gasps> and while him in his half shirt and bullet belt. Yes. Oh. Can we get that fan art, please? There's so much fan art that nobody's drawn for. Guys, us. <laughs> if you make us fan art, we're gonna post it everywhere and like shout you out so much. So we're if actually you're a... going
1: to do social media correctly. Yeah.
2: So we <laughs> shout you out. If if you're looking for a little exposure. Make us some fan art. <laughs> Please do. You'll be repaid in experience. Fine, we'll send you 10 bucks <laughs> too. Maybe a beer. You can be our new intern said,
1: since Fredward Currency has just Shit beat the it. Bed. He's, uh, he's beat it
2: since uh, COVID 19 came around. He beat it since we drank this beet beer. <laughs> it's gross. I don't like it. I'm sad and I'm mad. It tastes like beets. Yeah. Duclaw, you have some in to do. They don't. They're fine normally. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna let it slide. But don't fuck up again. This is
1: literally the first time we've had something from Dewclaw where we're like, mm,
2: maybe not. Right. Like this is one hundred percent the first time I drank their beer and said, No. Yeah. This ain't it. Yeah. No. But anyway, with that, let's uh let's dive into this album. Yeah, we should do that. Because I got a lot of build up here for you kids. Yeah. All right. So post is Bjork. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get that out eventually All right. All right. Post is Bjerg's 1995 sophomore release And by this point she had spent nearly 20 years making music Either in a solo situation or with a band
1: Sugar Cubes right? Yes Hey, I knew You got that. it you I knew, knew it. it
2: That's it <laughs> While her debut album Appropriately named Debut <laughs> Yes Has been deemed a classic Many- I mean, when you really blow your
1: load on all the creative stuff <laughs>
2: in the album itself, like, you're
1: tapped out. Yeah, like, you're like,
2: I don't know, call it debut, it's fine. Yeah,
1: your jizz bucket is fucking empty all over that album.
2: Well, there- When it comes to the title, it's like, whatever, it's debut, I don't care. <laughs> it's fine. There is actually a reason she called it debut, but I'll get to that. Okay. Many would argue post is what really pushed her into the mainstream, though. And they have every reason to, as I'm pretty sure the songs the general public knows her best for are on this album, like yep. Army of Me, It's Oh So Quiet, and Hyper Ballad. These songs are still referenced in pop culture, though some may not think to associate them with the uh, chick that wore the swan dress or, uh, <laughs> you know, that singer that beat up a reporter. Yeah. She had every right to beat up that p- reporter.
1: I mean, where what what country did that happen in?
2: I don't remember. I want to say Iceland.
1: If it's outside of the United States, I'm going to say, yeah, she probably had every right to punch that reporter. Yeah. We know how the uh,
2: European tabloids are. Yeah, we know how them paps be. With albums like this, people began to treat Electronica with more respect, and many found her innovative and passionate sound refreshing in a world taken over by grunge and gangsta rap. Not that I'm saying either of those were bad things. They were great, but like... Bjork brought in a variety. Yeah, she
1: was a refreshing uh, little Altoid in a sea of uh, <laughs> muddled shit. Yeah. In, a lot of, in a lot of garlicky meals, Yeah,
2: she was your Altoid.
1: She was the Altoid after the fettuccine Alfredo. Yes, exactly.
2: But right before the garlic bread. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you were going right back in there. But, you know, you need a break. Post took the slightly ajar door that Debut left... And ripped it open for her and other musicians to walk through. She worked with many trip-hop acts for this album, like Tricky, Nellie Hooper, and 808 States' Graham Massey. And you would know because we talked about Tricky and Bjork working together on our Tricky episode. Mm -hmm. You should go listen. This album is still looked upon fondly, with many declaring it as one of the best albums of the 90s, and many even more than that saying it's one of the best of the past few decades. It was here that Bjork shed all the expectations put on her music and chose to bear her soul with lyrics and with instrumentation. However, it's been twenty five years, so mm-hmm. does this album hold up? That's what we're going to examine today. all right, yeah, so like I was saying about the album name, though, post was a name Bjork knew she would end up calling her sophomore release, as these were the songs that she had written after she moved to England, whereas debut was written in Iceland, okay. Here, she can show, like, the before and after. So that's why it's debut and post. Mm-hmm. And after that, whatever. She does whatever she wants. She got real weird. It's great. <laughs> the creation of this album saw Björk branching out of her comfort zone and still having familiar faces there to help. See, making debut was a very arduous task, as it was the first time for her to go solo. And she needed to learn how to channel her ideas properly without the input of a band mm-hmm. all around her. A lot of this is where Nellie Hooper comes in. He produced Debut, and she felt so good about the finished product that she asked him to come back for post. Initially, Nellie declined, but Bjork was very insistent on how much she wanted him to come back. He yes. ended up giving in. It's nice to feel needed. Right? Like, hey, but I really, I really want you here. Come yeah. on, man. Debut was so good. <laughs> Remember all that magic? We can do it again. We do it again. Well, he did give in, but he had some stipulations. First of all, she was to take on a bigger role in production and enlist others to co-produce as well.
1: And all of this... It's like, no, I'll take this job, but also I want
2: everybody else to do this job. <laughs> he, fortunately, he did still play a heavy part in it, but I think with all of this was to keep the sound of the record fresh and prevent it from sounding like debut. That makes sense. He didn't want to make the same record with her, and I think that's why he initially declined. He said, "I you ne-, and he had a lot of faith in her and thought no you've got this you really don't need me Mm -hmm. but I think she felt like look can you just kind of you know when you're getting trained at work and you have like the couple times where somebody shows you how to do something and then they walk away and say okay do it and then you grab me like no 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 no. you need to watch me do it it." I think that's the situation here where she's like I probably can do this but I want you to watch me do this and make sure I'm doing it right yeah so there you go that's how I look at it Bjork brought back a few songs that were shelved from the previous album that she had written with Graham Massey. She was quite the fan of Tricky's work from Massive Attack as well as his solo music, so she asked him to come on board as well. And he said he would as long as she did some work for him. So that's where they exchanged two songs for two songs. He mm-hmm. did two on this, she did two on um, um Nearly God. Mm-hmm. The last producer credited on this album is Howie Bernstein, a friend of Nelly's from the underground club scene. He had worked a few times with Susie and the Banshees. I mean, originally Bjork was just bringing him on for engineering, but he actually ended up helping her write a few songs, including I Miss You. So, which is a fucking jam. Bjork also took a new approach when it came to recording. She didn't want to just sit in a studio. She wanted the music to sound as if it were already out in the world. The studio they used was Compass Point in the Bahamas and Bjork took full advantage of the nature around her. They extended her mic cord so they could record at different places. Like the beach, she was singing to the sea, Huh. and in a nearby cave. That's interesting. Right? And very Bjork. That is very Bjork. Like,
1: like, that's straight up Bjork. I just, just imagine her waking up one day in, like, a cute little Bahamian hut on the beach. And yes. And being like, I feel like Recording in a cave today. I will
2: sing to the ocean today. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's probably 100% what happened. <laughs> We're not even joking. I really like our, our Björk impressions. Her beer impressions, yes. <laughs> Combining this return to the natural with Björk's heavy influences from the underground electronica scene in London, this is a truly hybrid album. She herself has called it, quote, musically promiscuous and spastic. Oh, yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, again, girl knows her shit. But it still managed to fall together perfectly and break the rules of mainstream music in all the right ways. Bjork experiments with sounds she started dabbling with back on debut, but isn't afraid to get a little deeper and darker with its themes this time. But at the end of the day... It's still a very accessible album to anyone who's willing to expand their musical palette. It is a crucial addition to the art pop genre and helped to inspire musicians going forward to break expectations to create work that was more true to themselves. But now with all that out of the way, let's have the music speak for itself. Okay. Come here, songs. Tell me what you got to say. (laughs) Tell me about the ocean. But we will open up with the opening track which you probably know you should know probably know army of me
0: there's nothing wrong self sufficient
1: As someone who doesn't particularly like Bjork's music, I do really like this song. No, this song's a jam. I heavily relate to it because all the time in my head I'm like if you fucking say one more word
2: I'm gonna lose it. I'm gonna lose my fucking shit on you. Right now, you're Bjorking it. I'm Bjorking it. Bjorking it real hard. You will meet an <laughs> army of me. Yeah, you're you're birking me real good. <laughs> birking me off, guys. <laughs> you're birking me off. Actually in the interview, I may have failed to mention, she said it's birk rhymes with jerk. Yep. Which is probably the best part. Yeah. Like I appreciate I someone I want my name to
1: rhyme with jerk.
2: Right? <laughs> Ash jerk. A shirk? Ass jerk.
0: Ass
2: Ass We'll go with that one. That's what everybody's gonna call you now. Cool. Sup, ass
1: jerk. <laughs> no, I'm gonna call everybody else that. What? Sup, <laughs> ass jerk. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, ass
2: jerk. Oh no, God. fuck you, ass jerk. Oh <laughs> Meanwhile. <laughs> Meanwhile as she's over here talking to herself, calling herself <laughs> called an me and imaginary people asterisk. <laughs> oh my god, she's it's crazy. Well, let me it. tell you about the song here. <laughs> Let's start off with a banger. If you listened to our playlist for getting through tough times episode last year, then you'll remember us discussing the song. I'ma just reference our podcast all night. Yeah, at this point, it's been two years. It's almost two and a half years, guys. Yeah, I mean, yeah, got a lot of shit going on. Yeah. But briefly for those not in the know, this was the lead single off this album. Many would classify this as aggressive techno pop, but it definitely verges on industrial for sure. I, yes, I know. I had, yeah, techno pop. You know what? Techno and like dance music has
1: just as many subgenres as metal does.
2: Yes. It's ridiculous. Yes, it's electronica and metal could fight for how many fucking subgenres. Yeah,
1: except I think so many more dance and electronic fans are on so many more drugs, they don't care if you get the genre wrong. Whereas metal people are like, um, uh, I
2: don't think that is the right classification for that, man. I know, man. It's got a beat and I can dance to it. (laughs) This is great. You got more E? (laughs) Just want to take some
1: Molly and dance, man. Yeah, come on, man.
2: Yeah, we're just happy to be there. It samples the drumline from Led Zeppelin's When the Levee Breaks, and is heavy on the bass and synths, making this a real dark dance track, but still can totally dance to it. The lyrics were inspired by Bjork's frustration with her younger brother, who she basically wanted to get his shit together. Oh my god, this is like...
1: Okay, so Army of Me is to Bjork, as um, Alfie is
2: to Lily Allen. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is Bjork's Alfie. Yeah. 100%. And overall, this song is about trying to help someone who won't help themselves, but eventually getting fed up with their pity party. This is one of the songs that she had worked on with Graham Massey during debut, but ultimately was shelved. She thinks that may have been because debut was a bit of a shy and polite album. And even though she was flattered and excited by the positive reception, she didn't feel it was 100% her at her most honest. So by the time she got to recording posts, she felt she was ready to shed her fears and begin to expose her true self to people. So Debut was like, hi, it's nice to meet you. Hello, I'm Björk. Hello, I'm Björk. I make music, it's great. And by the time she gets to push, like, uh, fuck you, I'm Björk, and I'm gonna fucking show you my music. I will shove my fist down your throat if you say one more fucking thing. There you go. And I mean, yeah. honestly, is me. good for you, Björk. Yeah. Everybody's gotta, like, take their time. Feel the waters. This was something film director Michael Gondry tried to convey in the music video as well. Some may watch it and only see nonsense as Bjork drives around in a cartoonish truck that breaks down, which leads her to a gorilla dentist who finds a diamond in her mouth that she has to fight to get back. And then it leads her to a museum where she uses a bomb to bring a guy back to life who was just there on display. This is the music video? Mm-hmm. I mean, he does weird shit. Yeah. Yeah, he's so. a French director, so he's he's all weird, he's... too. They're all weird.
1: What else did he do?
2: He, he did... did a lot of Bjork videos.
1: Yeah, he did. But he did a lot of, um, like, mid-2000s oh,
2: yeah, music I'm sure. videos, I too. I think he might have done some stuff for Madonna. Possibly Maybe? Radiohead, also? Oh, probably Radiohead, yeah. The way she explains it, though, it's about her learning how to defend herself against those trying to take things from her and fighting for the things that she wants in life. Bjork says it's probably the most realistic way of expressing what situation she's in. However, the video did not see very much airtime, as right before they were about to release it, the Oklahoma City bombings occurred, so a video with an art museum bombed wasn't going to fly. Thanks, Timothy McVeigh. Thanks, Timothy McVeigh. (laughs) Fucking douchebag. Thanks, Ruby Ridge. (laughs) Thanks, Waco. Thanks everybody. Jesus H. This is David Koresh's fault. You know what? I am so comfortable blaming this on David Koresh. We can do that. We're gonna do that. Yeah. Grateful Dead and David Koresh, <laughs> both of their faults. The song was a hit worldwide, of course, reaching number one in Iceland and winning Song of the Year there, as well as number ten in the UK Singles Chart and number twenty-one on the US Billboard Hot Modern Tracks chart. <laughs> What does that even mean? I don't know. You know what? Who? Had, you know What does more Billboard sh- mean? You know has any more genres than both electronica music and metal combined is the fucking Billboard, Billboard charts. <laughs> they mean nothing. They mean nothing. Just like the Grammys mean nothing. Nothing. Um, we're going to put out an award for the top 10 bass guitars in a metal band. Jethro Tull, congratulations! What? <laughs> and honestly, it's one of her most well-known tracks. If you think someone may have heard of Bjork, it's probably this song. Probably this one. There's another one too,
1: though. But yeah, but I don't think people associate that one with her very much. I think they
2: do, and that's unfortunate. Eh. But I'll get to that. <laughs> it's not. It's not for a couple more though. So let's get ahead of ourselves. Let's go on to the next track real quick. Okay, and talk about. Hyper ballad. Okay,
0: I still crash. I imagine what my body would sound like. Slamming against those rocks. And when it lands, will my eyes be closed or open? I go through.
2: Like I said, I was late to the game, yeah. and I was missing out. Holy crap. Many critics have declared this to be Bjork's best work, and I'm going to tend to agree with it. The intense composition, flawless beats, raw vocals, and emotional lyrical content lend this to be one of the most honest songs I've ever fucking heard. Yeah. Love it. The song builds from simple folk Tronica beats and Bjork's light, wistful vocals. To an up-tempo house beat accompanied by strings, and now her vocals had a high sense of emotion. The lyrics themselves have impacted many listeners, who have taken them at face value to be about suicide. And there's still a touching sentiment to that, but it's completely unintended. The lyrics describe living in the mountains with her lover, and before they wake, she leaves to throw objects over the side and watches them crash, Imagining her own body hitting those rocks instead. So, yeah, I get why you think that's about suicide.
1: Yeah, but some people people have those thoughts without being suicidal. Right. Because literally every time I hike and, you know, the top is always like this ledge at the top of the mountain with a really beautiful view. You can't help but think, what would happen if I just fell? Like, what would happen if, like, I just stepped over?
2: What would happen? No, no I, I can't even think about that because I have such a fucking gross fear yeah. of heights that I'm like thinking about thinking of that. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I'm not too close to the edge. Yeah. Just or... being like three degrees away from that thought is too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you saw me at Ruman's nose. Like, I couldn't handle it. I'm like, this is so close. We are so close to the edge and I don't like it.
1: <laughs> fear
2: of heights is real, guys. Like every
1: single dog that like went up to the I'm Like, oh, oh, No, 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 no. no. Oh,
2: don't let the Oh, well. Ugh, I can't even think about it. Anyway, so, however one should always look deeper into Bjork's lyrics, according to the artist herself, it is about being in a long-term relationship and it becoming more important than the two individuals who are in it, losing your sense of self and finding an outlet to find yourself and keep yourself. In this scenario, she sings about destroying objects in order to get out her frustrations. And I think that's a pretty... Good honest sentiment, because yeah, sometimes the relationship can get raw or stale, Mm -hmm. or you lose who you were because you're with this person for so long, and you always look at yourself with your partner. Yeah, and this was her way of saying, like, I imagined looking at these things flying out of my hands and like crashing as a way to like just get that anger and frustrations and just feel a little bit more like myself. But also watch out for people on the trail below. Right? I mean, I'm hoping that if you're doing this at, like, 5 in the morning, there's nobody else on the trail. That's fine. But, like, if you're there at, like, noonish, Right? Like, like when, do, when do you guys wake up? Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. I'm but assuming like, this is early in the morning. This could be 3 in the afternoon.
1: It could be. And if that's the case, man, there's a lot of people on that trail. I mean, yeah, kick a stone over or two, but, like... Yeah, but she's talking about car parts?
2: Yeah. <laughs> That could really do some damage. I mean,
1: yeah, you don't want to throw, like, a motorcycle engine over the edge and, like, not even think about who's down there. There's people down there.
2: There's people down there. What are you doing? Also, you're littering. Thankfully, this was all just in a dream. Okay, good. (laughs) Don't worry, guys. Bjork isn't littering. Bono from U2 is, like, coming in like, I just want to make sure that you're putting things in your bin correctly.
0: Um
1: what was that? Please, Those... please hey, Gov- hey, governor. Hey, governor put your garbage in the bin correctly. It's rubbish.
2: <laughs> yeah, Bono's a real cockney accent, isn't he? <laughs> yes. Meanwhile Bjork's like Um Bono, please go fuck yourself. Go go bother Enya.
1: I'm going to a go sing in a cave now. <laughs> With the <bats>. Fuck
2: off. <laughs> If you complain once more. (laughs) This is about Bono. Do you know what? RBB is about Bono. Oh, Oh. man. The song was the fourth single off the album and received much praise and charted high around the world, at least in the electronica dance categories. But one thing I really got a nerd out about is how familiar this song was to me when I heard it not too long ago. Mm Mm-hmm. And I know I never listened to Post all the way through, so why the hell is this song so familiar? I swear I've heard this before. That's because I'm a GD weeb. Weeb alert. Get your weeb news first. Weeb news, right here. Well, all right. Some who are familiar with Japanese anime might recognize the name Yoko Kano. I do. You do. I actually do, and I'm not a weeb. Yay. I'm gonna say she's the most famous anime composer.
1: And if you don't lis-
2: if you don't watch anime,
1: you've only seen maybe one or two. Then the ones you've seen, she's probably done the music yeah. for it.
2: Again, yeah. like Bjork, this is probably the stuff you know. Yeah, she composed soundtracks like Cowboy Bebop, Wolf's Rain, and a j- bajillion more. And she also did the Ghost in the Shell series, Standalone Complex. That's why I know who she is. Yes. And on the first OST, there's a song called Where Does This Ocean Go? And I'm going to play you a bit, and I just want you to tell me that this is not insanely influenced by th- this song. Okay.
0: living on a.
2: That's the same fucking song. That's the same fucking song. There is no way that's not the same fucking. And I went on a deep dive, and maybe it wasn't deep enough. If there is a weeb out there who was listening and knows the answers, please tell me. And Bjork definitely came out with the song first. Oh, Oh, one hundred. Yeah, like Stand Alone like ten Complex, years. I think was either two thousand four or two thousand five. It was mid-2000s for sure. So at least Bjork had this song out 10 years before. Yeah. And I tried looking up to see, you know, Yoko Kano even just saying that she was influenced by Bjork, And I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find... Um, I found Reddits where people were like, yo, this is the same song, right? And people were like, "Yeah, this is the same song. But also, no,
1: nobody's doing anything about and it. And maybe,
2: I mean, I think maybe someone had said that Yoko Kano once said, Bjork was an influence on hers, but, like, I couldn't find any articles or interviews or anything. But then again, if one of you have, please send it to me, because I need to know. (laughs) I need (laughs) to know. That you're not going crazy. Like, it's blatantly the same song. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Very blatantly the same song. Yeah.
2: And I... I don't know if Bjork even knows, because, I mean, anime's pretty niche. Yeah. And, yeah, Ghost in the Shell standalone complex was pretty popular as far as anime goes, but I don't know how popular the soundtrack got. You yeah, know? I don't and... know.
1: I can't really see Bjork uh, sitting and watching Adult Swim right. in the
2: r- early 2000s. I also can't see, if she did find out, her being all that mad about it either. Yeah. Now, I, c- I could see her being like, eh, whatever. That's yeah. cute that they used it for a soundtrack. I if hope anything, that's the case. Bjork seems cool as fuck. She was on Space Ghost.
1: She was hilarious on Space she Ghost. She was fucking
2: hilarious on Space Ghost. She and and I'll get to it again later on, but this this woman definitely has a sense of humor. Yeah, like she's not. Some may look at her as like a shy, like stuck up artsy chick, but she's not. No, at all. She's. I think I could just picture hanging out with Bjork and having a good fucking time.
1: She would say some ridiculous shit that you'd yeah. be like, I need to write
2: this down. <laughs> right. Like, she is a very, I've listened to interviews with her, and she's a very deep, thoughtful, insightful human being. But girl, girl's got her jokes. Yeah. And I like her for it. Yeah. I like her a lot. And, uh, yeah, so now that I went through that whole thing, let's go to the next song, <laughs> The Modern Things.
0: Irritating noises of dinosaurs. People dabbling outside. Jay ain't in the filthy style. Jay, sacred. Jay ain't in
1: the You know, I really do respect her control over her voice, right? It's kind of ridiculous, yeah, um, to go from shouting one word to a soft high note in the second word, yeah, it, that's mind blowing, yeah, her vocal control is w- amazing, and it's it's ridiculous that she's such a tiny little person, but she has such <laughs> a
2: gigantic fucking voice, I know it's insane, she probably just has huge lungs. She's She's all lungs, lungs, guys. (laughs) I'm just picturing, like, lungs wearing a swan dress now. That lady's all lungs in a swan dress. All lungs in a swan dress. There you go, guys. (laughs) Björk doesn't always sing in Icelandic, but when she does, it's about some whimsical shit.
1: Yeah, because if you're singing in Icelandic and you're not talking about whimsical shit, what are you talking about?
2: vikings sure i guess that's about it it's either vikings or whimsical shit yeah that's all they talk about right god i hope so isn't iceland green and greenland's ice derp, 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 technically yeah but also
1: iceland is kind of icy yeah it's pretty fucking icy it's also vikings <laughs> it's whimsical vikings it's a lot of vikings yes i'm okay
2: with that yeah i am too this song mixes both her native tongue and english over somewhat sinister or spooky beats, I like calling them "spooky beats."
1: Because honestly, a lot of Icelandic music is a little bit spooky. Yeah, I, I, could. Yeah, why not? Vikings I go, had ghost stories. It's yeah. a little spooky. I want to go to Iceland now. It's
2: awesome. I would love to go there. All right, bye guys. We're going to Iceland. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not leaving anything. Nobody's going anywhere. We're stuck here. I'm just gonna get real high pretend I'm in Iceland. Listen to beer, pretend
1: I'm in Iceland. And then for three hours, you can just sit there and go, but why is it so green if it's called Iceland? (laughs) (laughs) And then just laugh at yourself.
2: All right. (laughs) The Icelandic roughly translates to, no one pays much attention to us. The sun sets. Nobody knows how to pull out the best of me. It's sunny when he delivers a vital breath. He bites me. Yes, he approaches me. He follows after me. Waits. He flies by me. This song is about the evolution of technology. Oh, I thought it was a
1: Viking saga, but okay.
2: It could start with the Vikings. Yeah. And how they brought over their cool, cool boats. (laughs) Yeah, the cool, cool
1: boats. Those are cool boats. They are cool boats. They had a lot of cool other stuff. Yeah. Mead. That's technology. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody at that time had
2: mead, but that's fine. I mean, I'm not there yet, but... (laughs) But the point of the song is that she feels... She writes this song about how technology's just kind of always been there, waiting for us to discover it and create it, just hiding in the mountains, waiting for humans to catch up to it.
1: I don't think that's where iPhones come from, but... iPhones um... are
2: from the mountains!
1: (laughs) They came from the mountains. Come from the land of the ice and
2: snow. <laughs> Just iPhones on a fucking Viking boat going. Oh!
1: iPhones flying out from the mountains. Ah! Oh! Yo,
2: why hasn't Apple fucking hired us? That's what I want to know. That
1: is a marketing campaign that everyone can get behind. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Not sure if the app will give them permission, but... We'll sing it. I bet you the Zep will give them permission. Damn. Cold-blooded <laughs> Zep. Hot takes on Led Zep. <laughs> That's who you guys come here for. <laughs> Speaking of coming. <laughs> Speaking of technology and coming. Let us tell you guys about a great deal we got for you.
1: From yeah.
2: AdamandEve.com <laughs> Guys, I'm really good at these transitions. These
1: segues just keep getting better and better. So yeah, so we have this whole thing with adamandeve.com. You go onto their website, you can pick almost any one thing for fifty percent off. That's a lot of percents off. It's a lot of percentages off. It's double digits off. Yeah. Oh. Double digits. <laughs> nice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And in addition to that, you get a whole bunch of free shit. Free shit. Bam, bam, bam. You can get one free gift. You can get two free gifts. You can get three, three, three free three gifts. Free gifts. Yeah, almost. three, <laughs> no, almost. but that's still pretty good. I'm okay yeah. with that. Three free gifts. <laughs> yes, three free gifts. And then when you're ready to check out, they're like,
2: oh no, but see, you can still get some more shit. Hold up. Do you want six films? Because we got six films for you. Six wonderful films. Cinematic masterpieces. Six spicy films. Yo, there might be a Viking film in there. Wait a second. I mean, I'm not making any promises. Pump the brakes here. Hold on. There's got to be Viking porn, right?
1: God, I hope so. I'm sorry. I didn't even. How have I not thought of this? this? How have I not thought of this? How have I not thought of this? I
2: have to go. Okay. (laughs) I haven't seen Ashley in three months, and it's not because of quarantine. It's because she's been looking up so much Viking porn. I literally didn't even think of that. (laughs) I just blew your mind. (laughs) (laughs) I just blew you in your mind. Uh, Anyway, when you finally are at the point where you're like, I've got all the things I need, right? When 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 you've exhausted Google's whole entire (laughs) list of Viking porn... Come back to Adam and Eve. Yeah, yeah, come back to your cart on Adam and Eve. You're still going to get all of those things. And you're going to get free shipping. Yes. And I mean, what's better than that? Yeah.
1: So that's something 50% off. Mm -hmm. Three free fucking gifts. Yes. Six
2: free films. Yep. And free shipping. That's a lot of awesome shit you're going to get in one fucking fell swoop. Because all you got to do is put in our code, which is CANDYPOD. C-A-N-D-Y-P-O-D. Not, Not the, the band. band. Yeah. But you will feel so alive. <laughs> so again, that's AdamandEve.com and use our code CANDYPOD. And feel so alive with some Viking porn, maybe. Hopefully. Oh, that'd be great. Buy another Fleshlight. But also, yeah. Just please buy a Fleshlight.
1: They're like Pringles. You can't have just one. Right? Once you pop, you can't stop oh, yeah, Oh, yeah. That's Pringles. No. What was the other one?
2: Ruffles? You can't have Doritos. <laughs> chips chips you can't have just one (laughs) sex toys you can't have just one exactly buy more buy more, please anyway back to bjerk you know i think bjerk first of all bjerk's clearly a very sex positive person yeah and i think that she would be all about that adam and eve commercial she pops and she can't stop she can't she won't (laughs) she art pops and she can't stop exactly because it's art pop it's not just garbage pop yeah
1: it's not generic
2: i mean lady gaga had that album called art pop but i will tell you that album is by no I'm means sorry art pop. <sighs> yeah it's not art pop it's
1: not sorry lady i like you but no but no anyway you can't just put finger paints on your face and say art pop yeah it's that's not how your music's
2: still pop yeah it's that's not Look, art. it's fun it's great but you're not art pop yeah bubblegum pops just as good
1: but anyway We're not talking about Lady Gaga.
2: Not at all. We're talking about Bjork, and we're going to talk about the song Everybody Fucking Knows. Yes. It's, oh, so quiet. Do, do you know this jam? You guys know this one? Yeah, you probably do. Is it your favorite Bjork song? Is this your favorite Bjork song? I'm sorry. Is it your favorite Bjork song? Oh, it is definitely their favorite Bjork song. <laughs> Look, it's a fine song. It's, it's just good. not it's representative, representative uh, no, not at of all. her body of work Absolutely at all. not. Well, something that totally makes sense, but I never knew, is that this is a cover. It is. I didn't know that. The original is by jazz singer Betty Hutton and was the B-side to the 1951 single Murder, He Says. Oh! (laughs) I didn't listen to Murder, He Says. Perfect B-side to something like that. Yeah. Uh, The 50s were weird, apparently, but it's like, Murder, He Says! He's got some murder, he says! Don't look in that closet, because he's got murder in there! Like, is that what it is? Like, what the there's fuck? murder in that closet. <laughs> That's, he said there's murder. Murder, he says.
1: <laughs> I just picture, for some reason, Groucho Marx as, yeah. like, a, a police detective.
2: Ah, there's murder in that closet. You don't want to go over there. <laughs> yes. That is... Yep. That's exactly what it is. Can we bring back the Marx brothers? No. Even though they're all dead? <laughs> I mean, we can
1: try. Right? There's rituals for that. All right. <laughs> but Halloween's hi. coming early this year. Yeah, it <laughs> is. Speaking of coming.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Buy another flashlight. All right. But wait, there is more layers. There are more layers. Mm-hmm. Grammar. There are more layers. This was the cover of a French song called... <sighs> Tu es tranquille, which was the cover of a German song called "Un jetzt ist es still." <laughs> <laughs> what? That's why I sighed a lot but because I can't see. Fr- I can't speak French and German.
1: Tu es tranquille, 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 tranquille. Isn't it just tranquille? Un jetzt ist es still. Oh, and everything is qu- and everything is still. Okay.
2: Yo, oh, I took German.
1: I took German.
2: Ashley. If you speak German once more, you're going to face an army of me. I only know it because those are very simple words. <laughs> Shade. Bjork recorded the song almost as a joke. Her keyboard player, Guy Sigsworth, God, I love people named Guy, would play Hey, an- Guy. Hey, Guy. Because you can say, hey, Guy, and not sound like an asshole. Yeah, his name's Guy. Maybe it's Guy, but either way. He would play it on their tour bus all the time, so she included it on the album so that the collective work could sound as schizophrenic as humanly possible.
1: That makes sense. It does make sense. this is completely out of left field. Oh
2: boy, doesn't it though? Later on, she would come to regret it a little, as this is her biggest hit and best known song. Yeah. And if you know Bjork, this is not, again, I'll say it again, not an example of her work. This is not representative of Bjork at all. No. But unfortunately, it especially bothers her because it's a cover. It's not an original piece, so she didn't even include it in her greatest hits album, which kind of some of you as her disavowing it. Which <laughs> good so for her. Stupid, yeah. It's but just I a totally silly song get it. That she had fun with, and then she's like, "Guys, this isn't my." And work. the record company is probably like, "This
1: is a hit single. We're I got releasing a single it, single right here. Whether we, whether you like it or not, we're releasing it." It's murder said, in that
2: closet. Don't go there, Björk. It's <laughs> murder in that closet. <laughs> Murder, murder. One of the main reasons this song became so big was because of the music video. Yep. Directed by Spike Jones, who I always spell his name wrong. J-O-N-Z-E? Yeah, but I always spell it like J-O-N-E-Z. Because he is J-O-N-E-Z. It's based on the 1964 romantic drama musical. It's a lot. It's a film. Romantic drama and musical, romantic <laughs> drama musical film. Oh, fuck! It's <laughs> French. Parapluies <sighs> de Cherbourg. No, help computer. Parapluie de
1: Cherbourg. That sounds way better than what I said. So, yes. I took one semester of French.
2: I took French. I'm Ashley.
1: All I know is that in French, just don't actually pronounce the last, like, six letters in a word. And you'll be fine. And you'll be fine. All right.
2: After reading the brief synopsis, though, yeah, like, you can tell he throws cute little Easter eggs. In the video from the movie, mm-hmm. like there's little umbrellas and the setting is at an automotive shop. And those are all little nods to the musical. So it's cute. Like, That's I'm like, nice. oh, look at you, you fucking nerd. I Spike like that Jones.
1: At least, at least the video for it is a bit like deeper,
2: not so shallow. Right. It's not just her tap dancing around for tap dancing sake. Yeah. It's based on a musical. It's a very bright, happy music video complete with a tap dancing Bjerk. And randos in crowds, dancing and smiling with her, bright colors, and oh yeah, a dancing mailbox. I think that was a Bjerk idea.
1: Yeah, this is uh, very Yo Gabba Gabba
2: a little bit. Yeah. But like in a cute adult way. Yeah. Yo Gabba Gabba for adults, which is already kind of for adults. It is.
1: I really, I kind of actually like Yo Gabba Gabba.
2: Yeah, one of the uh, Muppets, puppets? Mm -hmm. What do you call them? I don't know. Puppets. Caricatures. Definitely um, a ribbed dildo. Yeah. Like 100%, right? Yeah. Okay.
1: Also, Taking Back Sunday was on it, and they did an original song called We All Love Our Pets, and it's the cutest fucking thing I have ever heard in That's my life.
2: adorable. <laughs> well, it even was nominated for a Grammy for Best Music Video, short form, but it lost to Scream by Michael and Janet Jackson. Which is a
1: jam, too. Pretty much everything lost to Scream by Michael and Janet Jackson. The world's collectively nutted for that. Like, hardcore. Which is not something you should do. Mm, Not anymore. Not anymore.
2: Anyway, after that hard right turn, let's get back to our regularly scheduled Bjerk. Bjerk. With the song Enjoy.
1: Very definition of industrial. Yes. Which might be just, I really like it. It just sounds like you're banging hammers and wrenches on garbage cans. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. like, in a good way. That sounds really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, in a <laughs> Trent in Reznor way. Not in a bad way. way. In a Trent Reznor way. Not yes. like
2: the Blue Man Group. More like the Trent Reznor group.
1: <laughs> I mean, even Blue Man Group has... has got a beat.
2: You can dance to it. It's oh. fine. I... All right. Apparently, no? I'm missing... I don't know. I've never seen the Blue Man's. And apparently, I'm missing out. You're like the second person in like three days to talk to me about Blue Man Group. I mean, I'm
1: not going to recommend Blue Man Group. (laughs) I have never actually seen a show, but. All right.
2: Maybe we should go
1: see a Blue Man Group show. I don't want to go see a Blue Man Group show. I kind of want to
2: get really drunk now and go see Blue Man Group. If we can harass them. Right. And I like. Play that one. Make me blue. I want to be blue. <laughs> <I> blue myself.
0: <laughs>
2: wow. Like,
1: oh, can we just um go full Arrested Development yeah, with it? And go, just go real
2: Tobias with it. Go
1: real Tobias Fugue with it. Jeans
2: and blue paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah we can. Blue myself. I blew myself. <laughs> right. Anyway, so. A dark and abrasive track. It shouldn't surprise you when I say this is one of the two songs that Bjork worked on with Tricky. And there is a lot of debate on what the song is actually about. Some say it's about the fear within sex. I've read some say it's about her desire to live in the hyperactive world of London. Or it's about taking a lot of drugs so you can trip properly at at clubs. Well, I think it's... Trip properly. You want to properly trip when you're at the club. Got a proper trip. I'm going to have a proper trip right now. Thank you. Hey, governor. Hey, governor. I'm going to go have a proper trip. (laughs) (laughs) The Cockneys having a
1: proper trip, eh? Oh, my God. (laughs) Anyway. I am so sorry to my
2: ancestors. (laughs) I'm not. I don't have any English ancestors. Anyway, I don't have any Cockney ancestors, that's for sure. (laughs) But I would like to think that this song's kind of about all of those things. It's the fundamentals of a hedonistic life. The fact that your brain says, hey, uh, I don't think this is a great idea, but then your animal instincts just want all that pleasure. And that can be with anything from drug use to a potentially toxic relationship to living a fast paced lifestyle that you may have trouble keeping up with. Or I don't know, eating a fucking Big Mac. I just want to enjoy. Yeah. I think it's worth noting that Tricky and Bjork dated for a brief time. Again, check our Tricky episode about yeah. that. Around 95 or 96. So I think it's plausible to say they were probably really flirting around this time. I'm sure a, an attraction was probably almost assuredly there.
1: It's just the weirdest fucking relationship.
2: Yeah. Just two aliens from different
1: universes came Oh, no,
2: maybe it's the most perfect together. relationship, but also they were not good for each other. No. no. But I'd be willing to put money on some of this kind of being influenced by that connection they had too. I'm sure. That sexual tension they had, the you know, overall, like, hey, I want to see what happens here. I want to enjoy this. I want to enjoy you. yeah, Lady and gentleman. I don't know whose point of view I'm speaking from. You
1: want to get real bad to the bone here. What's what's the
2: ABV on this? It's only five and a half. Wow. I ate dinner. mine were only five and a half too and here we are anyway yeah. but speaking of flirting let's uh hop on over to the next track called you've been flirting again i thought you were gonna segue into another adam and eve commercial <laughs> speaking of flirting buy another flashlight. yeah Yeah. (laughs) This song is a good companion piece to the last one, with open-ended lyrics in a sensual tone.
1: it's so romantic.
2: Well, I don't know if it's trying to be romantic, but here Bjork seems to be exploring the nature of flirting, and how you can never really tell what the other's intentions are. You can make assumptions, but unless there's a conversation, you'll never really know for sure. Tell me about it. I just did? Yeah. (laughs)
1: I know about these things you know about these things
2: i'm feeling you on this bjerk yeah when you're like are they flirting i'm flirting are they flirting with me do they know i'm but flirting? also in the there's another voice in the back of your head going what are you doing are you are you flirting with me
1: i don't think you should flirt with me and another one that's like why but why no, I don't understand Or any there's of the one
2: where you're like, I'm flirting. They're totally flirting, right? Are they not flirting with me? Why wouldn't they be flirting oh with me? Oh, my God. I just embarrassed myself. Yeah. Right. Like, there's so many scenarios All of these which... things are happening all at the same time. Yeah. And that's, and that's, just, and that's just what fucking flirting is, man. <laughs> flirting. Just get another flashlight. You could always go to Avenue.com and get another flashlight. Just fleshlight. get another flashlight. <laughs> You don't have to flirt with the flashlight. That thing <laughs> loves you every time. Ew. Hi. Just make sure you wash it properly.
1: Oh yeah. No proper hygiene, guys. We're living in the time of the Roni. You gotta be clean. You need to clean your flashlights. <laughs> you just need to get one of those brushes like they use
2: for reusable bottles? straws.
1: Oh. Or or wine bottles. <laughs> that's probably better. They're yeah. bigger.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what I thought. Gets in those crevices. Musically, the song almost serves as an interlude to the other half of the album. In some ways, it has the feel of a poem being recited melodically, like over a string ensemble. And I'm like, "Eh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I feel that. Like, it's nice and relaxing. But that wasn't initially how it was supposed to sound. Apparently, when she recorded it with Nelly at Compass, you know, I keep calling him Nelly, but he could be Nell. I'm not sure if it's Nell or Nelly. I didn't look up how to pronounce it. Is it N E L L E? Yeah. Oh, it's Nell, isn't it? I would imagine it's Nell. I'm sorry, Nell. I've been referring to you as the rapper with a band-aid on Every time, his face. every time you say Nelly, I'm like, <laughs> "We're it's... going downtown, baby. Boom boom, baby. Ready to let it go." No, it's not shimmy, that guy. Shimmy, cook, what? Shimmy... <laughs> yeah, hate that fucking song. Um,
1: or um. It's getting hot in here. So uh, so take
2: off a sweater or two. Take off a sweater. <laughs> it's getting hot in here, so buy another flashlight.
1: <laughs> it's getting stuffy in here, so stuff it in your flashlight. <laughs> oh
2: my god. Anyway, she recorded it with Nell at Compass, and it was a bit more a beat. But the decision to add strings happened after they got back to London and saw Bjork working on the arrangements for one of the first times ever, really. Oh. I'm sure you can feel however you want about the choices made on this track, but I bet she won't care because this is one of Bjork's personal favorite songs. Good for her. Right? Good for you. Which will lead us into another classic Bjork that you've probably never heard, Isabelle.
0: <laughs> it surprises I'm
2: This song is deep musically and lyrically. Going back to the dreams on this one. Oh. Some whimsical Icelandic shit. Whimsical? Is it about Vikings? Is it about Viking porn? It is 100% about Viking porn. Yes. So sit tight while I tell you about it. It's not. Play
1: by play. Play by
2: play. (laughs) Oh my god. It's a truly dramatic orchestral trip hop song. Strong, steady beats play under soaring strings while Björk weaves a story she wrote. However, the lyrics were written by her friend and Icelandic poet, Sjön. Oh, I imagine it's Sjön. It's S-J-O-N. And if it's Björk, then it's probably Sjön. Sure. Sounds good to me. Right? The story of Isabel is very much a deep mythos fable with a lot of detail. And Björk does reference her in other songs like Human Behavior and Bachelorette. Basically, Isabel was born in a forest by a spark. And as she grows into a woman, skyscrapers take over the forest and she finds herself trapped within a city where she finds people are a bit too clever for their own good and need to be reminded that they have to follow their instincts more. Hmm. She got the idea for the story after a moth stayed on her collar all day. And she was inspired to write a story using, and she took about like 900 diary pages to write the song, or the story. Jesus. So she's written legit, a legit mythos fable story about Isabel. Yeah. Wanting to turn this into a song, that's when she brought in Sion to help make the story into a into a poem that would fit the song that she had been working on. So it was like a story, then a poem, and then lyrics. Okay. Yeah. It's a lot of layers here, guys. Yeah. This is an onion of an album. It really is. This is an onion of a song. The creation of the song didn't start until after her initial recording in the Bahamas. She came up with the melody while visiting her family in Iceland, and she worked on it with a Casio keyboard, which then she brought it to Nell. I had one of those. I still have one of those. <laughs> it had, Those shits hold up. It had a little
1: disc on it so you could be a DJ. Oh, mine go, doesn't have anything wiki, wiki, wiki. that cool. <laughs> I'm sure
2: that's exactly what York's had too. <laughs> she was the same exact one, guys. Oh. From... After she brought it into the studio to Nell, they worked on it and they added strings and beats and sound effects. And despite pushback, Bjork convinced the powers that be to let her release this as the second single off post. And while it may not have done much to bolster her the her higher than army of me did overall isabel received high praise from critics with many appreciating the story being told but also the atmosphere of the music itself and what i like a lot about this and um some of the other tracks here is that you can see her really touching into her nature themes because mm-hmm. as bjerk continues to make music she is very much an advocate of nature and how we need to chill the fuck out as humans and get back to like our roots,
1: our and, nature
2: roots, like and, literal roots. Yeah.
1: And tbh, that's pretty. That's pretty Viking, She's honestly. Pretty Viking. Because the Vikings had their sagas. They really like their fucking stories. Mm-hmm. And this is very reminiscent of that. It is. Yeah. And so, like Isabel is getting back to her
2: roots. Yeah.
1: Her Icelandic roots.
2: Yeah, you gotta respect Birk at least for being a Viking. And an onion, and an onion. She's an onion Viking. <laughs> that's adorable. Aww. Aww. Onion Viking. I like that. Onion Viking Bjerk.
1: It's kind of like uh, Davos from Right of Thrones, the, the, the Onion, onion Knight. Knight.
2: Yeah, except she's just the Onion Viking. Now I want her They'd to go so on adventures together. with Davos. <gasps>
1: George R.R. R. Martin, where the fuck are you? Right? You're not. You're never going to finish
2: the other Game of Thrones books. So can he you just get write together these stories? Buurk and they could be Bjork R.R. R. Martin. That's great.
1: Yeah, but also, can, <laughs> but also it can be like Duncan Egg. Remember? Oh yes, like the Adventures of Duncan Egg. Yeah, I read it the graphic be, novels.
2: Those are good. Yeah,
1: it can be the Adventures of uh, Bjork and, and Davos. Davos. Bjork and
2: Davos being
1: and best friends, friends together onions forever, forever. The
2: onions and onions.
1: <laughs> yeah, smuggling mysteries, all one at a time? time. I don't know, two of a kind.
2: I don't know, but they yes. are two of a kind. Uh, but I like this too because it's such an example of how much of a storyteller Bjork really is. Yeah, but their
1: their their sigil flag has to be a blooming onion. Oh, my
2: God. And then Orlando Bloom sometimes shows up. But he's But they Orlando just kick Bloom him in the and nuts onion. and throw him out to sea. <laughs> oh, I think he's all right. Don't he kick was all
1: right. He was fine in Pirates of the Caribbean. But
2: he's fine.
1: Not alone. anymore. Fine. He impregnated Katy Perry. And that is just Who a mistake. That? that is not. How drunk were you, sir? <gasps> He's been drunk for the last five years. I don't know. Good for him. <laughs> so have I.
2: <laughs> right? I haven't gotten anybody pregnant, though. Pregnant aunt. Anyway, so the next song we're going to talk about is called Possibly Maybe. Possibly Maybe Pregnant.
0: As much as I definitely enjoy solitude, I wouldn't mind perhaps spending Little time with you sometimes, sometimes, possibly, maybe.
1: This song is giving me flashbacks to the days when I had dial up under
2: The intro, yes, it's just
1: like, yeah. 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 It's not as bad as the... It's not as bad, but... I think that was more of a car alarm, but whatever. That was a very distressed guinea pig that you just... (laughs) Oh,
2: no! That guinea pig, help him! Help the guinea pig! Well, this is Bjork's first truly unhappy song. She even stated, I felt ashamed writing a song that was not giving hope. It details the stages of a breakup, most specifically... Her breakup from ex-boyfriend, Stéphane Sednoi. Sédnoy? Sednoui. Sédnoy? All of the above. She used influences from other artists in the creation of the song. There's a sliding guitar in the background that you can hear if you listen real good, and that was inspired by Chris Isaac's Wicked Game.
1: No shit.
2: Right? Chris Isaac. What can't Influ- that man do? What
1: can't that man fucking do? Right? He, was, he did
2: Wicked Game. He was in that thing you do, like... What can't you do, sir? What can't you do? Also, the beginning of the song, as Ashley duly noted, it starts (laughs) off with a sample of telephone ringing that was popularized by British electronic musician Scanner. Scanner, because he used scanners to make his music. Like police scanners? I think stuff like that, yeah. Sure.
1: All the kinds of scanners.
2: Yeah. (laughs) However, it was not approved by him, So we ended up suing her label, which resulted in them pulling the album from the shelves. Sir, sir, Sir. it's scanner noises. (laughs) You don't own that. I own those telephone noises. Yeah, you know that dial-up? I invented that. You don't dial-up? I am dial-up. I am (laughs) dial-up. Oh my god. (laughs) If you dial-up once more, you'll meet an army of scanner. (laughs) Oh my god. Anyway... It resulted in them pulling the album from shelves so that they could replace it with a version without the sample, but it actually ended up being all cleared up, because I think he just was like, oh, well, I didn't, I just wanted you guys to know you ripped me off. It was, the story's a little shady That's and weird. shady.
1: Oh, no, yeah. no, but, fuck that, fuck that guy. Was,
2: but once it was all cleared up, the the original version was released, everything was fine, like could use it free of charge. It wasn't a big deal. I I guess there was just a misunderstanding.
1: I'm sorry, sir. You don't own the dial up noise. I am okay. Dial-up noise. Do you also think that you are the ICQ noise? Uh-oh. <laughs> That's adorable. Isn't
2: it? Don't you yeah. remember that? I didn't Uh-oh. use ICQ.
1: I didn't either, but like my dad was obsessed with it. So were my uncles and my grandfather. Weird. So fucking weird. So weird. They used it. Well beyond its expiration date. Oh, my God. And all all evening, all I would hear was, oh, <laughs> oh, <"Ow." laughs> <laughs> <laughs> fucking stop. Just talk it's on the you. phone. It's better than, brruh, brruh. <laughs> <laughs> I still, like, I am so sad that I don't get to hear, like, the AIM noises anymore. The yeah. door opening of oh some friend coming Doom. online and <laughs> somebody leaving. Yep. Oh I miss God. those noises.
2: Well, there are rumors that uh, when she recorded this track, she did it in the nude, but there doesn't seem to be any solid evidence one way or the other. I mean, it seems entirely plausible, That,
1: uh, but, but no also, one's ever confirmed mm, it. But also, that is like such a common story mm-hmm. of female musicians. Like... Oh, I did this in the nude. Like, like, why wouldn't
2: you do it in the nude? Yeah. Why wouldn't you record all your songs? In the yeah, nude? you're just I have, sitting in a studio. I have
1: literally now heard the same exact thing about Bjork, about Jenny Lewis. Oh yeah, and about um, Stevie Nicks. Yep, same exact. And fucking they probably story. did do it. They could have done it, Who maybe. Cares? But like, well, okay, okay. I just want to feel vulnerable, okay? I, I don't need to know that you recorded this while you were I mean, butt naked. I don't
2: know if she needed to feel any more vulnerable with the song, because yeah. honestly, the most interesting thing about this song, and like the most intense thing about the song, is the fact that Bjork's ex, Stefan, actually directed the music video for the song. There was a little bit of back and forth on if this was a good idea, but ultimately, he convinced Bjork that it would be a good way for them to work through everything. Is it? It was. I do believe they still have a pretty well, good that's relationship. The one time in history it's ever worked. <laughs> yeah. Well, he directed another video of hers off of debut, and it's totally escaping me right now. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. So they seem to have a good relationship. Still, if it works, it
1: works. Good right? for them.
2: They seem to be able to be artists outside of a relationship, which is great. That's good. Good for you guys. Hey, you know what? Sometimes you can still make a friendship work outside of a failed relationship.
1: You can do that. It can happen. Not always, but it can. In rare circumstances, if you're fucking adults about
2: it. Yeah, just be a fucking adult. And it seems like these guys were good. Speaking of being a fucking adult, let's go get to the another flashlight. Get another fleshlight. But also, <laughs> let's stop being an adult for a hot second and play with uh, Bjork's more immature side with the song "I Miss You." Okay. jam is what i would consider the album's certified bop you heard it here first folks do, 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 do. rock candy bop news. certified bop <laughs> certified bop <laughs> it's bop certified no it is though like it's, a, it's, a, it's got some tasty licks i'm here for it yep it's a real fusion of electronic drums african bongos and some jazzy trumpets
1: <laughs> That's the only Jayans-y way you can have a trumpet Trumpets.
2: on your album is if it's jazzy. Jans. Bjork was having a lot of fun with this one, especially with the music video. She brought on board... Oh, God, please forgive me. John Crickfalcy. You picked the worst album for name pronunciation. I told... We warned you last week. This was going to be... John Crickfalusi it's John or John K of Ren and Stimpy fame to direct her video wait what yup also on board were Eric Weiss and Stephen Worth, the former of Spongebob Squarepants so she had the guy who
1: did Ren and Stimpy and the guy who did Spongebob Squarepants oh yeah
2: both of whom are certified bonkers yeah and just and also like York's kind of certified bonkers. Not their kind of certified no, bonkers. No, yeah. She's like artsy-feely bonkers. They're yeah. like, what can we fuck up bonkers? Well, just but imagine, also make it into a kids' show? Right? That's insane. Again, you need to watch this video. The result is a wild ride in a mix of animation and live action and all the surrealism and perver- perverted humor you could ask for. Oh, of course. You don't say. Yeah. Beurk was very happy with the video they created, especially because she felt they made her very cute in animated form. Oh. She said it was like Christmas when it won an Annie award for best animated short subject. Oh, that's cute. Right? And I guess apparently she is a big fan of Ren and Stimpy? As she should be. Ren and Stimpy was the fucking shit. I when don't we know. Were kids. I didn't have cable. Oh, but mm. that's not any excuse for not watching it on YouTube now. Is it? I know, like I don't know, because then they had made the later episodes, the more recent ones that are supposed to be really bad. I mean, they weren't horrible, but they weren't the best. Right. But also, I think I might have just missed it.
1: Watch the original. I it's ridiculous. It. I don't know. Well, I haven't gone back and watched the um, original. Yeah. One, so I don't know. I, the one with with uh, Stimpy's fart is uh. That's so classic. I just remember
2: my brother having a Stimpy plush, even though we didn't watch Ren and Stimpy, but we (laughs) wanted to. had no idea. Oh, no, we knew exactly who it was. And we were like, God, I wish we could actually watch Ren and Stimpy. But when you squeezed it, it farted. That is adorable. I wonder if it's still at my dad's house. I should look for it and just walk around with with a farting Stimpy. I believe the fart's name was Stinky. Oh, my God. I missed (laughs) out, man. You really missed out. Well, as far as lyrically, it talks about how much Bjork misses the perfect lover that she just hasn't found yet. It's the kind of love that she feels is out there as if she remembers it from another lifetime, and she knows it will come to her once she stops looking, but that doesn't stop her from impatiently missing them. It's a flashlight from Adam and Eve. Oh, you should just get on a <laughs> flashlight. Yeah, do that. Yeah. Anyway, let's, uh, speaking of flashlights, let's go to the next song called Cover Me.
0: Okay. I'm
2: and quieter track on the album Bjork wrote this for nell after he agreed to help her produce the album she pokes a bit of fun at herself at how she makes album making way more dangerous than it really needs to be and her attempts to lure him back in but at the end of the day it's because of her great admiration for him hmm. this was the song she recorded in a cave on the bahamas and she did eventually release the original version where you can hear dripping of stalactites and huh. bats, like, flying around and squeaking. That's pretty cool. You can YouTube it. It sounds really cool, actually. And oh, use... I'm,
1: I'm just picturing her in a very big, dark, gross cave full of fucking bat guano uh. with just, like, a microphone in the middle. I mean, <laughs> I
2: think that's it. I think that's what had happened. This is my cave. This is my k I'm Bjork. I'm Bjork.
1: I, I will sing for you now. I will sing for you now.
2: <laughs> Sorry, Bjork. We are not doing you justice. I like my Bjork uh impression. I hate I my Bjork it's... impression. It's because you're not good at
1: being quiet. <laughs> Shots <laughs> fired. Friendly shot. Friendly fire. It's friendly fire. <laughs>
2: sure. Friendly Fire is Friendly Fire. <laughs> you right. What do you say we round up on this album with the very last song? Headphones. Might be apropos if you're listening to this podcast mm. in your headphones. Close it up with some real quiet, smooth jazz. It's not jazz at all. No. No. I mean, it's Bjerk jazz. Bjerk jazz. Oh, <laughs> <Aww. laughs> It's what Bjerk fused jazz as. Yeah. In the album's finale, Bjerk uses this experimental ambient track to take us into her dream state. Funny enough, it's ideal to listen to the song with headphones on. As they use many studio tricks, you can only pick up that way. Huh. Hmm. This was the other track that Tricky worked with Bjork on. She dedicated the song to Graham Massey, who would make Bjork amazing compilation tapes, and she would play them constantly. That is adorable. Right? He would just make her these tapes that she fucking loved and she would listen to them all the time, and she's like, I need to write a song to him to thank him for all those rad tapes. Before there were Spotify
1: kids, there, there was were, the mixtape. There was the mixtape. And, uh, very heartfelt, and a lot of time and, uh, creative juices go into the mixtape and you better hope you have white out oh yeah right yeah because if you fuck up it's already written on there you gotta wait you it wrote out. it in pen yeah of you course can't you can't write on it pencil. pencil yeah no you can't those tags that come in the cassette no things you cannot write in pencil they were on those. basically plastic you destroy pencils trying to write on those
2: things it was pen only yeah Sharpie at best. It was glossy
1: cardstock. You can't write in pencil on that shit.
2: It's not going to happen. In addition to Graham, though, this song was written as a love letter to sound. Quote, the sound of sound. Resonances, frequencies, silences, and such. A music worship thing. Bjork reflects on how music got her through some of the hardest times in her life. And not just creating it, but listening to it as well. And that's really a sentiment that anyone can agree with. How we all use music as a coping mechanism or a way to convey our current feelings. There isn't a much better way to end such a candid album experience than that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it's like you just listened to my entire album about music. It's a music album. Hi. It's a music album music. about music. <laughs> it's not even about music. It's just a, you just listen to music. Now let's all thank music for being music. And now I'm done by. Yeah, it's almost meta. Yeah. It is meta. Music exception. Music exception indeed. Because at the end of the day, Post isn't just an album; it is an experience. Björk is taking you on a journey of her own life and feelings. But there is something so relatable and genuine about each of these songs, and this is kind of where, after probably my third or fourth listening, I really got to with this album. Maybe not everyone is into experimental, ambient, electronic, or art pop. And I get that, and that's fine. I'm not. And that's fine. But the themes throughout the album are things that everyone can connect to. Relationships, standing up for yourself, overindulgence, loneliness, nature, the impact of music on our lives. These are all things that every human being can relate to.
1: Well, I think that's why, I, I even though I don't really like Bjork's music, I do respect her. Of course. A lot. And I respect her artistry because she does make music that is very relatable on subliminal levels. Yes. It's not just like, here's a love song. Here's a song about how I hate this person. Here's just like very obvious things. It's stuff that you think about deeply. Yeah. And not so often, maybe. Depending on who you are, of course, um, but it's 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 topics that really resonate with people on a deeper level than just surface dance or surface pop or surface, you know, anything that could be in the top forty or whatever. Right. I think it's stuff that
2: people can hear and feel like I'm relating to this, but I don't know why. So they go back and give it a couple listens, yeah. and they're like. Oh, that's why I yeah. totally relate to this. And if you're
1: into her kind of her, the music that she makes, then that's great. Like you become a big fan. But like, I'm just I'm not into the the dancey like big fat beats kind of thing that huh. she's doing in this. You don't like dance music? I like some dance music, but huh. it depends. Huh? What? Surprise
2: to yeah, me? Yeah, surprise
1: to you, right? Okay. Um, like I like some dance music, but. The kind of dance music I like is kind of shallow. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like I'm gonna dance to it if I'm drunk, you know?
2: Like, oh, this is got a beat and I'm drunk, let's go. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But um no, like this is why I respect respect. Respect. <laughs> this is why I respect Bjork's artistry.
2: Yeah. Is because, you know, she's she's, she's going on it on a deeper she's going at it on a deeper level. Yeah,
1: and I think the the art house kind of shit that she does is it goes hand in hand with that yeah and it makes sense it's just not my thing but it makes sense to everybody else and that's
2: why i respect it yeah i I mean she doesn't sacrifice who she is for her art exactly oh
1: this is very much who she is she has this sound is
2: bjerk on a meta level right and i think at the very end of the day even if it's not your thing you can say but i do respect what exactly she's doing. and that's exactly what a, i do yeah and i yeah i could totally agree with that this is not no, i'm not be... trying
1: to justify myself i'm just trying to say like this is right coming You're just saying
2: like yeah, coming maybe... at it from
1: my point of view right. like this is why i do respect her because everything she does is so deep and very it's it's just on a whole different level from everybody else yeah. On her and own level by let's herself. Let's be honest.
2: If it wasn't for Bjork, we wouldn't have Lady Gaga's. I don't know if even Radiohead oh, would no. have gotten as experimental as they did. Even Missy Elliott claims that yeah. she was an inspiration to her. Like, dude, there's a lot of current popular musicians who thank Bjork for being around yeah. and breaking down a little bit of that wall to be like, Yo, you know what? Do whatever the fuck you want. Who cares? Be as weird as you fucking want, because weird is fantastic.
1: Also, you're not going to be as weird as me. (laughs) Good fucking luck. And also, like, we touched on it a little bit, but her visual artistry is pretty amazing, too. And granted, a lot of that is her collaborators, Mm -hmm. Um, but I think she... Takes a little bit from her collaborators and from her inspirations and puts it all into one bucket and is just like, This is the beer bucket, the
0: beer bucket
1: (laughs) of artistry, (laughs) and just pulls from that whenever she does something
2: new. Yeah, which is fantastic. And I think that is also the sign of a good, smart artist who can take their life experiences with other people, other people they respect, other people who are good artists, and say, Look, I like what you're doing. I'm going to incorporate that into my style because I think your shit is worth sharing. Well,
1: isn't that anybody's own personal style is taking a little bit from the people that they draw inspiration from and putting it into their own thing and making it their own. That's what she's doing. And fuck Madonna and her quote unquote reinventions with every album she made. Take a look at Bjork and what she's doing every Seriously. album and every day of her fucking life. Honestly. She, it's not just changing who she is. It's evolving. Madonna changes who she is with every album. She doesn't evolve. She doesn't evolve. Ooh. Bjork evolves. That's a good way to
2: look at that. Yeah. Never thought of it that way. You smart.
1: I am smart. That's Thank why you, you for co-host noticing.
2: this podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for
2: recognizing me. You're smart. Yeah, you are though. No, that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, just go listen to more Bjork. even if like you're not super into it, like I think you could probably pick a couple more from this album now that you've gone through it beyond yeah. Army of Me and It's Oh So Quiet. Yeah, you're like, oh, actually, this is pretty good. This is her most accessible. I'd say debut is pretty accessible as well. As you get further down the road, it gets weird. It gets weird. I love Utopia, but I love Utopia like when I just want to kind of sit and meditate and think about nature. It is a great nature album. Yeah. So, you know, she gets weird with shit, guys. It's real weird. So if you're here for weird, keep looking at Bjerk. Yeah. If you're not here for weird, just like grab like a handful off of like maybe debut and medulla in this mm-hmm. album, but you know you don't have to go dive in too deep. It's fair. I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's just it's not what I would pick if I want to go weird. But I get it if other people want to pick this. It's when they a go respectable
2: weird. weird. Respectable weird. Totally respectable yeah. weird. Yes. You had a fist pump for me. Fist pump weird.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> well, thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate you and love you. And hope you guys learned a little something new about Bjork today. At least how to say her name properly. Yeah, it's it rhymes with jerk. Bjork. Yeah. I've definitely said Bjork on you,
1: very many times in this episode. Oh, you but, did. Yeah. You know what? It's it's
2: a little late now, but
1: drink every time you heard Ashley <laughs> say Bjork instead of beer.
2: Should have done that at the beginning. I'm Fucked trying. Up. I like. But it's, it's, like, just, say Bjork. It's Bjork. It's Bjork. Yeah. It's You know what? If anything, just don't say Bajork.
1: That's not it. Because if you say Bajork, then like, that's kind of like saying Peter,
2: Bjorn and John, but Peter Bajorn and John. Oh, because I was like, I thought Peter Bjorn was his name and John was his friend. It's Peter Bajorn and John. It's two guys. <laughs> it's two guys named Peter, Peter Bajorn, Bajorn and, and John. John. That's enough of this shit. Alright. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. If you have been digging this sweet album review we have plenty more on our website www.rockcandypodcast.com or go ahead and just find us on spotify or itunes or stitcher or i guess anything that's a podcast thing yeah what's a podcast i don't know what am i doing we're on a lot of websites i don't even realize we're on yeah but you can catch us so go ahead and find us if you really like us go ahead Want you to uh, scoot on over to iTunes and be like, five-star review? These girls are great. That would be awesome, too. That would be lovely. If you hated this, <laughs> I promise you there is more stuff out there at our network, the Pantheon Podcast Network. Which you should check out, period. You should check them out. It's amazing. There are so many podcasts on our network and is the MTV one-stop shop for any music podcast you could have looked for. So go check them out. And supporting them supports us, so... Please and hey, tell us who you're digging right now because we got a lot of peeps and it's hard to keep up with everybody. So yeah, yeah, tell us what tell us what you're getting into right now. And if you want to support us
1: in even more ways, you can go to Patreon and give us some money. Go to Patreon.com/slash Rock and you can donate some monthly monies to monthly us. Money. And in return, we will give you some sweet swag and we will give you a bonus episode every month. This month alone gets three fucking bonus episodes. Right?
2: Accidental bonus episodes.
1: Yeah. Accidental boners. But also
2: like you're going to get one soon. So like in 24 hours. So you might as well fucking. So you may as well just go. Become a patron right now. Yeah. And you can get that boner episode where we talk about everybody who died from Corona. Yay. Sorry. Is that a downer? It's always a downer of an episode. We make fun of Trapped. We are going to make so much fun of Trapped and Richard Marks. So. It's going to be a great episode, Dip guys. on in. See if you like it. If you don't, well, that's fine, too. And we don't know what to tell you. I don't know what. We'll I mean. give you stickers. You will still get your stickers. if you, Even if you just give us one month of your monies. Yeah. You're still going to get the fucking still stickers. Still going to get stickers. Hell yeah, you are. Yeah. Man. All right. So I think we covered all our bases. Come back next week for more crazy stories. I don't even remember what next week is.
1: Oh, next week's gonna be good. I've been waiting for this for a few weeks. I watched a really good documentary and I'm all about this
2: episode. She's been waiting for this for so long. Making love until the sun comes up. Baby, I just want to take, take it nice and slow. Nice and slow. No, that is not who we're talking about.
1: We're not but talking about Usher. I just no. have had we're talking song... about
2: the extreme opposite of <laughs> Usher. Yeah, but I just have had that song in my head yeah. for like three weeks. It's fine. But
1: I know at least one of our our friends who listens to us every week is going to be very excited for this episode. I'm talking about you, Matt, you're going to be excited. Ooh, ooh,
2: you're gonna be excited. get excited, get hype guys, get hype for next week. But you know, until then, party on Ashley, party on Maggie, <laughs> party on you crazy kids out there. My, get another flashlight. Yeah. Can you please just get one more flashlight? That'd be great.